0: Welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me this week uh is just one other guest and I've got here
1: is Adam Vitale. We have a, a lean production going right now.
0: Yes, last week it was only me and Brian, now it's me and you. Middle so. of summer,
1: so people are have plans and are busy and
0: I just want is... to rotate you two um every single week. Just like Brian Vitilia and then Adam Vitelli, the the twins. I'll we'll just keep switching you guys out. That's all we got so well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you have to think about that for a second uh yeah it's yeah we don't have anybody else this week uh but we still want to take some time to do our podcast like we always do so this is the july fifteenth, 2017 edition it's actually kind of good that we decided to wait a little bit only because they had a big reveal today um so disney had their d23 event uh that was held in Anaheim, California. And so they had a lot to talk about. We'll wait till get to get into that when we get to news. So first off, as we always do, we like to talk about the games that we've been playing. So Adam, of course, you had recently reviewed Final Fantasy Twelve the Zodiac Age, the PS4 remaster that just came out, and uh aside from doing a bunch of content as well for the game, you're continued to play it I've noticed.
1: Yeah, so first of all, um so Final Fantasy Twelve the Zodiac Age everyone knows this by now, but it's, 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 it's pretty, it's, it's, a, it's more than just a remaster. There's, yeah. it's, it's, it feels very different playing through it again, especially if you've only played the, uh, the original English PlayStation 2 release. Yes. Um, cause there are so many, they're like, like the, the structure and core of the game and things like that aren't any different, of course, but like, in terms of like the, these little mechanical things and, um, other like small things here and there about how like chess work and how magic work and the job system. Um, I guess the job system is by far the most like is by far the most significant difference of the game. Um, so let me just start by saying I was pretty fond of the original Final Fantasy XII back when it released. It definitely I think it kind of met a an expectation class when it released because it is yeah. so different, not just from Final Fantasy games, but it's just so different from a lot of rpgs yeah yeah, it seemed to like pick
0: up a lot of the like the mmo style yeah Uh,
1: it's so it's it's got like a little bit of a different focus to it in terms of how you play it the way i the way i uh described it in my review is like you the player almost feel like you're one step removed from the actual like gameplay because you're not really it's not action rpg where you are like in direct control of the characters but it's not really turn-based either where you're even selecting options from a menu it's kind of one step removed from that where you're selecting options that your characters will perform based it's, on like it's almost like a miniature like programming uh assignment where it's you, like you basically 13 it's parameters. actually 13
0: you see that and I, I thought i thought of final fantasy 13 is kind of the same style right
1: yeah it, it, it is kind of an atb style in a sense mm-hmm. um but it kind of automatically carries it out for you so on one hand it's different but on another hand it is kind of interesting now the original final fantasy 12 one big criticism that it got was that your characters were basically blank slates mechanically that anyone could do anything. And yes. it, while there were some differences between character stats and things, and I know people who get really into it, like focus on how long their animations are with like certain weapons and things like that. But in, in a sense, any character could do anything. And so, and even to the point where by end the game, you could basically have every character doing everything. And, it you kind of feel like there's not as how do i put this if you can have every character just doing everything then it's kind of thoughtless in a yeah. sense yeah, you yeah. just like there's you don't have to organize anything you don't have to think about anything you just you know you just set up one character to do attacks one character to do heals and it doesn't matter <laughs> so that's where the job system comes in where you, it 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 intentionally limits and restricts what you used to be able to do in the original game um, By focusing or forcing characters to only be able to equip certain types of equipment or have certain types of skills and abilities. And like, for example, I was actually kind of just like as I was playing through the game, I was kind of glancing through guides and things because this game has a lot of like loot and things you want to steal and things like that. So I was kind of trying to keep track of these types of things. And it, it's kind of amusing when you look at, like, strategies for old bosses where it's, like, telling you to do certain things, like, with certain characters. And it's like, oh, I can't really even do that anymore because the job system doesn't allow me to. Yeah. Um, you got to – you have to – it's a little bit more forced in terms of, like, only – like, for example, early on in my game, only one of my characters could do, like, time magic, um, like haste or whatever. Yes. And so, like, that person has to basically – you know be active in your party and not in the reserves if you want to use those that like support magic on your team Whereas in the, in the original version of the game, you can just teach anybody haste and have anybody do it And so it, it kind of requires you to like you're slotting characters into certain roles and when to bring them out and when to use them And so it's it kind of also forces you to use the whole party in a sense, too whereas in the original game you could kind of stick to three characters and since every character can do everything the other three characters you could just ignore so of course you just throw van and Pinello and i don't know yeah uh, stick with the same (laughs) bosh just send them in the back you don't ever need them um so the job system is very interesting um and it kind of makes you to it forces you to make decisions and it kind of requires more thought in terms of how to like approach things like for example i ultimately decided on a party that had like a red mage my white mage and kind of a it was I had uh, a I made a, a spear master slash time mage, or the actual class is called Ulan. Yes. So like they were like my physical class slash support, and so like that covered a lot of my bases, except in like my setup, the red mage is isn't as quite proficient at black magic as a black mage. Like they don't have access to the highest level spells, at least not right away, and they're not they don't get access to the best equipment or uh, and their stats aren't the aren't the best. Well, I guess stats are different, but so it, it made my my black magic capabilities a little bit weaker. But that's just kind of you know the trade off in terms of having to force yourself to use certain classes. So um, just just to be clear then, because I mean you and I we're both huge fans of Final Fantasy Tactics. Is it like uh,
0: when they say you, you got the access to two different jobs? Is it like a job slash sub job system, or is it actual like you got all the good benefits of both jobs at the same time? Okay,
1: so. In, like, Final Fantasy a new Tactics. new feature, by the
0: way, just so sorry? people know. I'm sorry, just that that's a new feature of this Zodiac Age. Is the yeah, the jobs are e- brand new. Yeah, yeah. The two jo- you can equip two jobs. You couldn't oh, do two that jobs. Before, yep. the yeah, two, So
1: the jobs are from, let me back up, the jobs are from the International Zodiac Job System version which released in Japan in 2007. So that's not brand new, really. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, almost a decade old. That version is even. Um, but now, one of the complaints then was it was almost too restrictive. Like, well, you can pick six jobs and then, you know, you're, you're stuck with that and you can't pick anything else and unlike Final Fantasy Tactics when you can Final Fantasy Tactics you can only have one job at a time but you can switch jobs whenever you want or you have to might you might have to meet certain requirements like I don't remember exactly but in order to be a ninja you might have to learn two thief skills or something like that so nothing like that here once you pick a job you're stuck to it and so what they did was they allowed each character to have a second job and um, that's activated pretty early in the game. You know, it's it's past the Tomb of Wraithwall, which is kind of like the first major dungeon in the game, really. Um, yeah. And so at that point, you can equip two jobs on each character, and once just like the first job, you're once you pick it, you're limited to it, but it kind of allows you to be a bit more flexible. Nice. The um. So like, what's that sound? <laughs> that is,
0: the people right outside my window doing yard work. So, <laughs> just keep talking.
1: No worries. This i'm gonna mute myself yeah so the, the second job is a is so one thing that's nice about it is that there's 12 jobs in the game there's always been 12 jobs in the zodiac job system version and so now you can if you want you can access all 12 of them you can have all of them available in the game you don't have to if you wanted to you can make all your characters you know knights slash white mages if you want that probably might be very smart but you can so it's nice that it just kind of gives you that other option. And basically, the jobs kind of overlap each other. It's not like one's your primary and one's your secondary. It's you basically get access to both simultaneously. So if you have a black mage slash monk, which I did, you know you can equip them all in black mage gear and basically ignore stabs or whatever that monks can, that monks can wield. Not stabs, rods. Um, I believe they're called, or poles. Monks wield poles black mages real staves okay and so you can equip them with all black mage gear or you can equip them with all monk gear um but one nice thing about that combo in specific is that monks learn these passive abilities known as swiftness that raises basically their action speed so you can now have black mages with increased action speed so they can cast magic more often so that that leads to an, another level of intrigue in setting up your cla- your characters in, in that you know certain combinations can kind of um you know benefit each other really well so that's that's led to quite a bit of uh um from people buying the game optimization focus they, they want to make sure they create you know these class combinations that really benefit each other well and i think almost almost maybe uh paranoid on making sure they don't they get some optimal combinations um I can Let see it, like it,
0: you can kind of be playing around with like say like your entire party is red mages or something like that. Like you could play around yeah. with just having like those restrictions on you.
1: Yeah, so I do think it is a little bit disappointing that you cannot like respec at all, not even for like a penalty oh, or anything like that. Damn. So like let's say you created, um, I don't know if this is a good combination or not, but let's just say you created a white mage slash, I don't know. A white mage slash shikari, which a shikari is like a hunt, is like a thief. And if that doesn't turn out very well, you're you're stuck with it. Um, nothing you can do about it at all. I mean, I'm sure that probably every combination of classes is workable. I'm sure there's not any that are like, wow, if you make this combination, you're stuck. Yeah. But it's just, it, it I, I kind of feel like it wouldn't have been that hard to allow the player to have some sort of way to, to you know change their mind even if it required them let's just say to like lose all their licenses and you have to start over or something like that uh, you know it just it'd be nice especially when you consider like every single other job system game special or like final fantasy job system games in particular you can at least change your class you know yeah later if you want Final fantasy tactics even like yeah. final fantasy 10 2 you know you're you're not restricted to classes so it now, I'm not saying you should have had every character allowed to do every class, because that's exactly what the original version did, but just, <laughs> it'd be nice. I'm get not saying it has again. to be there, but it'd be nice. Um, now, one thing, so I was a fan of the original Final Fantasy XII, but you, you had to be patient to play it. It's a very long game, and it's also a very leisurely game. It takes a long time to play, and to kind of get through some of those later zones, um, the pace of the game is a little bit more relaxed. Um, to the point even where it was criticized for like story pacing because it took a long time sometimes to get from one cutscene to the next because there was three explorable areas in between them that take a long time to, to play yes um so you would, you could go you could go hours without seeing a cutscene. um but now the the new version of the game this was actually introduced in the zodiac jo- job system version is a turbo like speed mode and after playing that it's hard to imagine going back <laughs> um, yeah, you, 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 ultimately end up playing the game with like the four time turbo speed at pretty much all times. Maybe some of the later bosses, you slow it down because you kind of need to be a little bit more cognizant of like what your characters are doing and making sure you're, you, you, uh, you butt in to, to tell them what to do every once in a while. But most of the time you can play at the turbo speed mode and it, it makes, especially if you're playing the game. Kind of like with the cheats on on other Final Fantasy releases, like on Steam, um, like Final Fantasy IX, for instance, had a turbo mode. It's it's kind of like that, where it, it's nice for replays, um, that you you can just kind of zoom through the game like that. Now it's still a pretty long game, so it's, don't don't think you can like just blitz through it in a weekend. Maybe, <laughs> but it's, it, it's it's just a, it, that's probably the most useful edition. It's not it's not the most interesting edition, like the like the job system, but it's by far the most useful edition. And while I'm talking about useful additions, there's also this new feature where you can pull up the map, basically kind of like transparently over your your, your user interface as you play. Oh, that seems like a like a like a no brainer addition. Yeah, it, like it, it should have been it, there. Yeah, it, it almost feels when I first heard that I was just kind of like, oh, that's you know whatever. You know, it's kind of neat. But then once you actually like use it, like, wow, this is this is amazing. <laughs> like, yes, it's so useful. Um, I was actually really bummed that when you get to the Great Crystal, which is like an infamous uh, near final dungeon in the game, it didn't have a map in the original version and it still doesn't have a map now. So it's kind of useless there still. Got to go online to find a map of that place. Yeah,
0: that's that's the kind of thing like whenever they make these remasters or like these remakes or updates the The idea of having um, a speed up, yeah, yeah the, the the convenience is like a speed up uh, feature is very important. Like Final Fantasy XII, and even going back, like with Earthbound Beginnings, when they there was that fan made mod that made it so that you can run and you can go fast, and that's what yeah. they actually included that feature when they re released it on the Wii U recently, and so. It makes mm-hmm. the sense that like there was this very deliberate slow pace to how games were made back then, but everyone doesn't have the patience anymore, and so that should be like the common thing. It's like with the upcoming act GU last week code, they're making these gameplay changes, and people were kind of iffy at first. But generally speaking, like it needed that those those changes well, well, that they're talking about.
1: Yeah, and like I mentioned, like Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation Four, Final Fantasy VIII on PC, Final Fantasy IX on PC, all of these have cheats or or. Or options of some sort, yeah, like zo- yeah, yeah. turbo mode or things like that, because they understand that you know some people are just are replaying these, and yeah. you know it's just it's just a nice convenience to have. Not not only for replayers, you know, playing it for the first time, you don't need to go through that leisurely slow pace the whole time. So it's it's like I said, even though I didn't really mind it originally, it like, I'm sure if I tried to play the, the the PS2 version now, I'd be like, I can't do this. Just I don't have the time to dump 100 hours into this <laughs> so
0: just to be clear though did final fantasy 10 10 2 hd did those have any sort of features th- like that th- i, I think, think they so.
1: did on pc or at least someone added them for pc they're not n- oh. definitely for sure no on playstation 4 it, yeah, it had that's like what I it had like the international editions but no like cheats um but i think th- the pc version either added them or it got added you know by My a odds. you know a fan <laughs> mod yeah so <laughs> So That's the there. kind of thing
0: like I would, I would hope for that to appear. But I'm glad that at least um, they did that with Final Fantasy XII because, yeah, that was kind of the complaints that all that running around in these big open areas can be a bit of a pain after a while. And the people doing yard work right outside my window again. <laughs> I don't hear anything. Sounds good for now. Oh, okay, good. So what <laughs> else have you been playing besides Final Fantasy XII? So um, just to be clear, what? though, Final Fantasy XII is up with you up on the site, by the way. Yep.
1: And we have a lot of guides for various things, like like the bizarre system is kind of confusing at first, so, and you know some job class combinations. I put mine on there in terms of the class that I played through most of the game with. Yeah. Um, I recently did the trial mode. Um, which honestly if you're like at end game level like i didn't touch the trial mode until i was basically like ready to beat the game and i had basically done all the side quests so like all my characters were level 99 already oh, geez. Uh, and, I, and i and i had high level equipment so like the first like 85 levels of trial mode were just basically going through the motions uh, but some of those later challenges can be pretty tricky and the final one is harder than anything in the main game is you have has you facing off against the five the five judge characters in the game at, a, at the time or at a time you face them all five at once which is kind of a it's kind of a cool fan service thing um but it is legitimately tricky uh so i was able to do that that was kind of nuts how how was uh, the Yas might fight yazmat fight was that difficult uh, for you the I don't is that how you pronounce it Yazmat? Yeah, I, I know when I was younger, I used to pronounce it Yizamat, but like that's got the A and the Z mixed together. Yeah, up,
0: there's Y I A Z M A T. I could have sworn we talked about this before, but yeah, that's <laughs> I think I think Anyways, we talked about a long time ago when we were talking about like the the enemies that you fought back when this was first announced. But yeah, yeah. So Yazmat like, the is fights, yeah. there.
1: Are, there are two battles in the game, the main game. They're optional that are notoriously long. One of them is uh, Hellworm um and yes, he's you know kind of like a this, yeah. hellworm is kind of like mid game so while he's long he didn't gain as much notoriety as Yzmat or Yuzmat whatever his name is um which is basically kind of the final hunt side boss super boss of the game yes. and it's it was it was the type of thing where like in the original game he takes 2 3 hours to take down because he's got like 50 health bars or something like that now with a turbo mode option he's a lot more manageable because to be honest, about his first like 40 health bars or so, he's not too bad. You can you can set up you can set up your gambits in a way where it basically plays it for you, and your characters are smart enough to keep them keep themselves healed and buffed and whatnot. So that takes you know much much less time to go through kind of whittling whittling down most of his health. But then when he, once he gets down to, like, 20% or so, he, what what he actually does in the game, I think the actual, like, skill is, like, he, quote, doubles his level. So his stats all increase. So he becomes a lot more tricky then. And at, at that point, it kind of gets a little bit more haywire in terms of, like, trying to keep your characters alive and um, trying to whittle his health while keeping, you know, your your buffs, like, you know, bubble is a, is a buff in the game and things like that up on your character's um, and it's also the type of it's also kind of a weird type of battle where you can actually leave the screen if you need to like catch your breath. <laughs> you oh, can nice. even save. Like you can in save. the middle of the fight. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So you, can that in, you can do that. in the original too. So it's kind of oh weird.
0: okay. I I, think, I don't think I ever tried to fight him. I already assumed that he was too challenging. So yeah, I you can actually leave the, game... the screen
1: and save and then come back. Okay. Um, by the way, there's an auto save in the new version, which is Whoa. not only just a nice convenience, but it actually makes some. Uh, while, we, while, while, while we we're mentioning it, it makes some of the uh, some of the like the rare game hunting or like the loot farming. If you're like going for some of the rare items, makes it a little bit easier because you can just kind of like, if you're looking for like a certain weapon to drop from a certain rare creature, you can fight the rare creature, see if it drops. If it doesn't drop, you can reload the autosave where you're literally right there and you can just kill them again. Um, I know that sounds probably a pain, um, but I know there are some rare monsters in the original game where you had to like play like a you had to go through some extensive song and dance to get them get them to appear and then if they didn't drop the item you were looking for you kind of had to do the whole thing over again or now you can just kind of load the most recent auto save and do it and it saves a ton of time so people who are into that sort of thing that auto save is really convenient for that anyways yeah y- is is a um is still the basically the super boss of the main game uh kind of a ridiculous amount of health for no reason at all but you can take him on if you want that's we were just talking about conveniences. That
0: seems like that'd be super convenient. And yeah, the autosaves makes a lot of sense. I wondered if that's something you can turn
1: off, but does it like autosave between every screen or something? Every like that? every zone transition. Okay. So that's that's very frequently.
0: Yeah, I don't know why you would actually not have an autosave feature for that, just because like it's especially nice what,
1: because what sometimes there are enemies that run wander certain zones that are more powerful. Like like the first time you enter, for example, the Giza Plains um there are these werewolf creatures yeah if I got you try by them. taking them on right away like relatively early early in the game you're going to die uh so it's kind of nice if you run into those those sorts of creatures where you like unwittingly you know get killed by these super strong enemies you weren't aware of and you know that way you don't lose a lot of progress you know you're just right there so it's nice <laughs> Well,
0: awesome so yeah we've got all that content up on the site too so is there anything else that you plan on playing you've been obviously so absorbed with this game and you just got that platinum trophy
1: yeah so it's actually we've i think it's been a while since i've been on the podcast um because of e3 and anime expo and all this mm-hmm. summer stuff um so i've actually been playing a little bit more of my backlog i played the original two breath of fire games on gba oh wow okay yeah and then i i also um uh, I'm partway through the original Etrian Odyssey, so I've always been a fan of the dungeon crawlers. I've reviewed quite a few dungeon crawlers for our site, but somehow Etrian Odyssey has always eluded me. <laughs> even though I played, <laughs> even though i even though I played like um, Strange Journey, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey, and, uh, and Persona Q, yes. which are basically those they're games. basically they're basically not etrian odysseys they're they're, they're made by the etrian odyssey team b- based on other properties um from atlas mm-hmm. so i kind of figured with etrian odyssey 5 coming out like you know what i should just give this series a shot and i i know there's plenty of games i should choose from but i kind of wanted to start at like the original one like how did this all start so i, I and the play... one,
0: but not untold is what you're saying right
1: yeah it's not the remake it's yeah. not etrian odyssey untold um the millennium girl which is a remake of one um I know I probably could have started with that but I kind of wanted to do just the very very original um, and so it's you know I'm enjoying it it's got all the things about it about the reason why I like dungeon crawlers in the first place like in terms of party coordination with your job system and um, they have a little bit ju- dungeon crawlers tend to have a little bit higher difficulty than other than other games um, in terms of like kind of forcing you to co- coordinate your jobs well and, and you know have, character classes that complement each other and things like that it's definitely a very um it's definitely a very straightforward game you kind of just are literally going through a dungeon floor by floor and that's kind of it yeah um but you know there's a lot of like secret paths there's a lot of quests you know you're filling out your map manually uh, from what i understand they made that a little bit easier in the later games
0: yes that's auto map they added that later on so you have to there, do there like is. the drawing
1: yeah there is an auto map but it's very bare bones so you yeah. kind of have to like you kind of have to use it. This was this was uh, obviously on the original DS, so you could you know they really wanted you to. That, that's what you, that's what the lower touchscreen is all there for is for all the mapping stuff. And it's kind of it's kind of uh it's almost kind of relaxing in a way, but it does get kind of old after a while. Yeah. Um, like drawing drawing your own map is kind of relaxing, like starting out, but then eventually you just kind of like you know just do it for me, and I it's I understand kind of what they add later. So yep, I've been playing that. The original two Breath of Fire games I don't really want to say a whole lot about these, but it this might seem kinda of weird, but playing the original two Breath of Fire games, it actually made me more appreciative of Chrono Trigger. Oh? So, so like the Breath of Fire games are SNES JRPGs. I think they released a little bit before Chrono Trigger. I think they were like ninety-three, ninety-four, and Chrono Trigger was ninety-five. Yeah, I'm yeah.
0: Thinking. It was like Sharon started a lot of that stuff. That
1: yeah, like so them. so they're a little bit older. But, like, when you compare, like, the localization quality, the sprites, the battle system, the UI, and all of that, it makes me more appreciative of what just Chrono Trigger was able to do. Because Breath of Fire, when you play it, it you kind of have to it, – it feels old. You kind of have to, like – you kind of have to like mentally set your time your, your mental time back to like 1993, like, okay, this is what games were able to do back then, yeah, where I, I don't feel like you have to do that with Chrono Trigger. I think it holds up better, and not just like its art style, but just just the game itself uh, it, it's, it does know- a
0: good job in like explaining things to you without like deliberately saying and not like holding your hand through it. It's like, oh, you yeah. know where you should go next, kind of thing.
1: And, like, the original um, Breath of Fire, the first one especially, it's kind of obtuse. And Like, I I was using a guide for these games because I, I was kind of playing them to try to get them out of my backlog. So I was trying to be efficient, you know, in what I was doing. But the original Breath of Fire especially, it does not it does not intuitively lead the player on like what to do, where to go. No, like no, what, no. what it'll do is like you, you'll talk to like a character in like an, an NPC in a town. And this isn't a real example, but they'll, they'll mention kind of offhand in, in like this really poor localization that like, Oh, uh, the character, uh, Brad, I'm making that name up back in, in this other city. He's a pretty good woodsmith. And that's all they'll say. Like Brad's a good person <laughs> with wood, and then like Great. you'll get like an item later, and then like what am I supposed to do with this? Well, you're supposed to know that this character Brad in this city is good with wood, so you should go there and talk to him. And it's just like, how you? Oh wow! So, like it's yeah, like if you that. if you never talk to this NPC, you would never know that. Now that's a made up example, but there are some times in the game where it's basically just that. Yeah, unfortunately, I, do I played that, this yeah. a little bit more than a month ago. So I don't remember exactly. Um, but it's it does not hold your hand very well. It kind of feels like some of those old adventure games where you don't really it's it's very loose in trying to lead you on. Where I think like Chrono Trigger, I don't want to say it holds your hand, but it's just a little bit more, you know. Straightforward in terms of yeah. progressing through the game. You know what where you're supposed to be doing and <laughs> and things like that. Um so and not only that, but like the localization for uh Breath of Fire, you can kind of tell that that was back when they were, like, really dealing with, um... Uh... Tim Woolsey. Really strict, like, character limits. Yeah. So, like... Because, obviously, um... I'm, I'm no expert about Japanese language, but they can reveal... They can say a lot more with less space in, in text. Um, so, like, when it's translated to English, but they have to use the same amount of characters, like, the the these the, the characters in the game are, like, really, really blunt, and like they're al- almost comedically so where it's like, thank you for saving me. Here is your reward. Now go to the next city. Bye. It's like that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's just kind of amusing playing these through these old translations. Um, And I, I don't think, I don't remember correctly if the old translation of chrono trigger, but I don't think it was quite like that. I think it was a little bit better. Handled. I know it was obviously upgraded for like the DS and mobile versions, but anyway. Um. So breath of fire, from what I understand, the first two games are considered classics but the game that most people like is three is that true yes yeah <laughs> so that's, I, that's
0: the thing two is a as a fantastic story but three tends to be the one that people tend to uh yeah have a lot of appreciation for
1: from what, from what i know just kind of through you know being on an rpg site and what people you know talk about these franchises is that a lot of people really really like three and five is like you either love it or hate it i know some people <laughs> who say like Breath of Fire 5 is a dragon quarter for PlayStation 2, right? Yeah, yeah. I know some people who, like, really, really, really adore that game. And I know some people who, like, will not take – they'll always take the opportunity to criticize it, to shit on it. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what I'm expecting there because it seems like some people really like it and some people really don't. Oh, so, totally. I totally know what you mean. So I don't know much about 4.
0: Like – Four is a great game. I thought it yeah. was uh, it was a pretty fantastic experience for me. I wouldn't say it's as good as three was, yeah. but I did I do remember really liking the characters and the uh, the formula. Although, if I'm not mistaken, it was not a big step up from three. Like it wasn't like a huge change. It just kind of took a lot of the same systems.
1: All I know is like the the sprites for uh... so these these are like all sprite based games except for five. Um, is that? The sprites in the first two games, they're they're old. They don't look as good as Chrono Trigger, you know. Even if they're S they're SNES sprites, but they they just, you know, they're they they look like old games. But like I've I've seen some footage of Breath of Fire three. Now Breath of Fire three was originally placed PlayStation. Yes. And then it, it also has a PSP version. That's the version I have. So I don't know if there's a tremendous difference between them, but like the sprite work in that game looks like really good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sure it's like a uh, you know,
0: typical PSP, like better sprite work. Yeah,
1: yeah. but Regionally. so that, I'm actually really excited to play Breath of Fire 3 just because of that that jump in visuals from SNES sprites to PSX or uh, PSP sprites. They, they look really good. And sprites, you know, I miss sprites, so.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think it's it, it was a, 3, like I said, was a great game. I think 4 yeah. might be, Maybe might be my favorite actually of of the group, um, just because it was at, for the time. I remember when I was playing it; like the sprite work was incredible. Like it was yeah. some of the best visuals I remember on the PlayStation. But um, yeah, you're uh, obviously you can only go up from here until five, which is of... great thing love five. That's, that's five.
1: I'm I'm curious to try, it. but uh, anyways. But that's the great thing about sprites, um, like especially. I know I, I criticize Breath of Fire sprites, the originals, because they're kind of old. But, like, some of the best aging games are, the are like, SNES games because of the sprite work. Yeah. Um, or S-S- some, or some yeah. PSX games. Like, one of my favorite games is Valkyrie Profile. And I love the sprite work there. Yes. So, very nicely. Whereas, like, a lot of other, like, 3D PlayStation games obviously don't age as well. So... I, it actually kind of bums me out that it seems like more and more games, even low-budget games, just have, like, chibi character models instead of sprites. Yeah, do you think, like, personally that, uh, like, I Am
0: Setsuna and the upcoming Lost Spirit would really benefit if it was actually 2D sprites and not, like, these chibi Five models? I'm not models? sure.
1: So I I started I Am Setsuna. I haven't finished it yet. But, like, it it does... I definitely don't like the look as much as, like, a sprite-based game because it's sure. just... it's You can tell it's made in, like... A, it, well, I mean, it's a low-budget project, um, but it's just—I just don't really like like the chibi character models. Well, now, I'm sorry, go ahead. One thing that Square Enix has, or uh, at least Silicon Studios, Project Octopath. That's what I was right? going to mention. Yeah, that—that that looks. It almost looks like—I uh, don't know what it looks like. It—it it almost looks like Final Fantasy VI or something like that, um, in terms of its sprite work. We don't. We have. I mean, we've barely have seen it. Um, but it's it's a sprite-based game, it looks like. So, it's like, it's like 3D Dot
0: Game Heroes a little bit. Yeah. That's what I got.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested. And I'll, uh, when I when I say sprites, it's also why things like uh like Odin Sphere look really, really cool. You know, they're not really sprites, but just these, these 2D animations and things, you know. Oh, really, yeah.
0: I, I assume but, you're really excited for 13 Sentinels, too.
1: I've never actually played. I played a little bit of Dragon's Crown. I haven't played Odin. It's, it's Odin Sphere, right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not mistaking it. I haven't played that. Um, you would really
0: like that game, I think. Because it's, it's an incredible experience, especially because the is so cool.
1: Murmasa is also villain, villain, vanillaware, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, so I've only played a little bit of Dragon's Crown, which I thought was, you know, I've only played a little bit of it, but I thought it was just okay. Um, so, but yeah, that that thir- 13 Sentinels game looks, well, I, I think it looks cool, but we still don't know much about it even yeah. so Sounds. long after its announcement. We know it stars, it, we know it's like, modern postmodern and it stars a uh, like mechs like Gundams and that's really about it we don't we don't even know like really what type of game it is I mean it's probably a side-scrolling like beat-em-up RPG thing but it's we just haven't seen a lot yeah so, so what have you been playing
0: um yeah I mean so for me it's been kind of uh not not a lot to be honest because I've been sort of doing a lot of other things you know and for my free time, I'm kind of used to just catching up on like YouTube videos and stuff like that because I follow well, you, a bunch of
1: people. But well, Anime um, Expo was only a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, it was. It was actually so you were really just, busy with that.
0: Yeah, uh, so and I already miss it, honestly, because Anime Expo was a, a fantastic experience. Um, it's obviously just once a year where I can go to these conventions. Before I used to go to like two to three conventions a year, now that's just like my one. And because I couldn't go to E3, that was something I was really looking forward to all year long and got to do it, and I had a lot of fun. I would highly recommend anybody out there who has even, like, a passing interest in anime to go check it out. And even video games, because there's a lot of panels that all have to do with
1: games. kind of like how Comic-Con is definitely not just about comics anymore. Obviously, Anime Expo has that anime slant, but a lot of video game stuff, there's even, you know, like, even comic book stuff that's, like, nothing to do with Japan can be found there, too. So it's, you know, that's just... Obviously, has the anime slant, though, so...
0: Oh yeah, and it was people were surprised when they showed for the first time, like, wow, there's actually a lot of video game stuff. Yeah, that's that's what we got to experience last, year. especially day. from
1: like Bandai Namco and things, and those companies that have that do a lot of um, the you know Japanese localizations and games. And who had all, like which uh, Axis games? They had a bunch of. Uh, they had a bunch of announcements, right? Like you m- mostly a, like visual novel type stuff. So yeah,
0: ultimate. That's the thing. Like uh, yeah. a lot of these companies are waiting until Anime Expo to make their announcements now. Uh, especially obviously Japanese localizer localization teams. Um, they found that that's kind of their that's their E three really because uh, yeah. uh, otherwise at E uh, three people get, like their,
1: their stuff gets drowned and buried. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the thing where like Nice America and XSEED and companies like that. Uh, not really Exceed. It's like Nice America and Idea Factory. All they do for their meetings is have people meet them at the bar. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of all they do. So they don't really have a, a stage presence at all, um, mm-hmm. c- compared to other companies. Xseed kind of had one um, at PlayStation Experience. Um, they they get some of their titles announced. It reminded me of like when East Origin was announced uh, on stage, uh, and that's Dotty Mew, of course, did the work for yeah. that one. But that's like those kind of games. So and uh, remind
1: cool. me, did Persona Five? Ever actually get like a stage trailer or anything at like a major event? Like, I don't think it did. I th- I thought it got announced for PlayStation
0: 4. Was I, it also I a mean, PlayStation experience? Or was that TGS?
1: I think it was TGS. Um. I might be wrong. But uh, like, uh, what I was, what I, I might be wrong on this. So I don't think, I think even Persona it. 5 had a hard time. Like, you wouldn't see it in a press conference or things like that. No, like, e- even there. though Persona has clearly been you know, much more popular and kind of outside of the niche realm now, it's still, you know, like Final Fantasy you'll see in like these major press events, ID3 or whatnot, but games like Persona still, even that is still not there. You don't, you don't see it as often. I mean, obviously that's something people are interested in, but it's just, so what I'm getting at is that Anime Expo is where these kind of companies can show off, you know, these sorts of games and that's really their audience. So,
0: yeah that's the kind of experience that I got here. But yeah, once again, you know, highly recommend checking it out? Especially cause you know, four day passes are like 70 bucks. And so, uh, and, you, and for the most part, a lot of people went there, but a lot of people also decided to just hang out around like little Tokyo and go to a bunch of ramen places cause yep. Los Angeles is awesome. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, it, but that was you know a couple of weeks ago. So, I, other than that, it's been kind of what I've been doing is easing a little bit back into Neo. I talked a little bit about this on our last podcast that you weren't a part of, but um, it's because this past week they announced that the new Neo DLC would be coming out on July 25th, which is called Now, Defiant this is Honor.
1: this is the, the Defiant Honor, yeah, Defiant what?
0: Honor. Oh, okay. Um,
1: and this just, is this the is this I haven't played neo, so let's kind of, let me get straight here. This is like the second major d l. c right
0: yeah, it's because okay. the first one was like it came out at the beginning of May, and so this is the second one, and so I assume the last piece will be sometime maybe at the end of September or something like that, just to kind of space it out um it's been. I don't know about the the timing of these DLC packs because it feels like it's been a little too long in the tooth since they did that, and I don't know how many more people are playing Neo. I talked about it before, where it's like it felt like it was Call of Duty map packs, and like they take too long, and then the sort of the audience. Uh, uh, it declines, especially because Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja especially, they've been making a lot of changes to the balancing of the game, and it's frustrating a lot of players. It's frustrating me consistently. And so um, this second DLC pack, though, is trying to obviously bring pe- people back in. So yes, it's the second of three DLC packs. It's all about Storming Osaka Castle, which was teased at the end of the first DLC, um, and uh this time instead of Masamune Date which was the first one War in the north uh, they have Sanada Yukimura uh who is sort of the arch enemy of Tokugawa's clan who your character is a part of is part of Tokugawa's uh the toy, uh, uh the, the clan itself and so um that's kind of been uh interesting to see the stuff that they're talking about doing here and so now Apparently you're joined by Date and he's he's kind of fighting alongside you, but now you've got to fight Maria again uh, since she kind of retreated. she was the uh, the female character that I, I took a couple of pictures of, but uh, she's one of the characters that you fight in the first DLC, but she you know leaves and, and sort of uh, holds herself up there while everyone else is trying to siege the Osaka castle
1: which is so she is she like a main yeah. character in these DLC stories then yeah and bottom line okay. Osaka
0: castle is supposed to be like the big final battle between before the tokugawa uh the clan take take over China, uh, japan and uh then you've got like many years of peace and prosperity after that so this is kind of like the last big stand between the two yeah. clans to determine who gets to rule japan and so the some of the things they mentioned that this new dlc would have uh for one thing it's gonna have a new weapon which is the tonfas which people who don't know they're kind of like nightsticks you know clubs yeah that kind of thing so um i know had, what they are uh, but
1: they're hard to describe it's like it's like you you're holding on to like the a sticks. wooden rod, and then it has like it's almost like uh it's almost like a large like almost like a log, <laughs> um it's thick that kind of goes down your forearm, right? Oh, I mean so. it's just
0: I mean if anyone's seen a, like a police nightstick, that's that's what they are. That's pretty much it. Like you it's don't baton. have to think about it too hard. It's just okay. that's all it is. So uh it's it's a good idea to have this because the last weapon they had was called the odachi, which is kind of like a very long sword, and so that weapon is very slow. And so I assume that this is yeah obviously supposed to be a very fast weapon to counter that and no, you... let me
1: get this straight is this dlc out yet or no no
0: july 25th like oh, i okay. mentioned yeah, uh, for, yeah so, so... For,
1: for some reason i was thinking you were pl- you like played it but not no yet. Okay.
0: not yet um i'm looking forward to it though but yeah like the they have the tonfas which you know hopefully they'll have some pretty cool combos um the one thing i'm kind of concerned though is that uh when they introduced the odachi weapon in the last dlc All they did was add the new weapon. They didn't add any new skills to the previous weapons that were already out and like already available. And so, it's kind of it was kind of disappointing because unless they do that, it's just they just add a new weapon and call it a day, and that's kind of disappointing because then you don't really expand upon the combat. Um, And also, they did say that there would be new difficulty levels, not just one, but levels. And the problem with that for me is that they kind of use that to block the content. So I'm not a big fan of it. What, just because, like there's only
1: certain things you can do if you're on a high enough difficulty?
0: Well, there's like equipment and stuff like that, like rarity oh. and, and stuff like that, that you can only get on the higher difficult levels. And mm-hmm. so it kind of, and in order to get to the higher level stuff, you have to go through the game once again from the beginning to the, like the latest content. So it's like a new game plus, 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 that kind of thing. So you have yeah. to go through all uh, of it
1: that's that's always that's always kind of a big pill to swallow it's like in order to access some of the stuff i gotta like start over even if you do have new game plus bonuses it's like that's you know it's start from start from scratch yeah i understand you don't don't
0: really get bonuses that's the thing it's just it's a difficulty setting you go to the world map hit the square button and then you go to the next level but then you have to start from the start of the game uh you have to do the main missions to get through it again and sometimes you have to do the submissions to unlock the main missions. Um, so but, uh, basically, yeah. that it means you have to do a lot more grinding. And the fact that the developers have kept rebalancing the game and totally throwing our strategies, like the community strategies for grinding out the window, it becomes very frustrating. And that's over the past like five months that the game has been out. They've done that a lot and every time that they release a new patch, it's this huge concern about what they're going to do next to the game that's going to make it even harder. The most recent patch, I think 1.13, made it uh, better uh, only that they kind of uh, made the grinding easier to deal with, a little easier to swallow. Um, but they still threw out a lot of the important strategies people had with like the living weapon, the, the, the lifespan of that. People kind of uh, cheated the system a little bit when they did it and uh, they managed to find a way. Living weapon is basically like, the ultimate skill that you unlock that uh, increases like it gives a boost to your stats it's when your guardian spirit uh, embodies your weapon and so you can use the power that it has which every guardian spirit that you get which is kind of like a summon um, has their own bonuses to you to for you to use like bigger damage when you attack an enemy from behind more Amrita which is the experience points of the game that kind of thing. Um,
1: yeah so I mean with whenever you have these types of games like it's kind of a fine line like if if it's actually like people exploiting something in the game to like pro- you know propel themselves through the levels or whatnot or yeah. if it's just you know a it was like if you just want to if it's just like this is an effective way to train and then they they take that away from you it's like uh, yeah there's kind of like fine line like is it an exploit or is it just people taking the most effective way you know it's just.
0: Well, the big problem with that. So, so there was a clear exploit that I took advantage of before myself. And so is that I'm the one where you were like,
1: here. it looks something like you were like your character was standing still like next to some sort of like regenerating orb or something.
0: Well, so the it? the whole trick of what that was is that so there's this stage that you've got that's inside of like a big uh, castle, whatever. That's multiple stories, and so over uh, on the second story at the far end, there's like this staircase, this winding staircase that you can drag an enemy. I kind of pull a floating enemy underneath the staircase itself and then if you attack it, as it gets stuck inside the geometry of the level, um, it immediately starts to pop off experience points, but it never stops. So it's like uh, a huge... I amount. think that's what I
1: saw. Like you had a little, you had a little gif of that on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, it, it got video. caught
0: up in the geometry, so I, I was <laughs> able to get multiple levels on that. Um, but obviously, that exploit got patched out of it, so I'm not really concerned about that. <laughs> it's more that um, they've done, for one thing, they did it where that um, anyone who was above level 223 or 25, uh, they changed the scaling of the amount of Emerita, you need to level up. And so what they did is that anyone who was above that level before the patch, they adjusted your level based on their new calculation. And then anyone who was affected by that, they gave him a book of reincarnation, which is the respec item that is in the game. And so that was kind of like, it's a good... uh, Is like a treat for people like that, as like a do good, but it was still super frustrating. And they have to continuously give out these items. Um, They even got a new item that gives, uh, like, for um, these prestige levels, these prestige titles, which is like if you do certain uh, quests in the game, it's kind of like an in game achievement system. If you do these certain things, uh, you can do a random uh, permanent. Uh, bonus to whatever you want. So like you have your living weapon uh is lasts longer, you get more health, you do more damage, all these things, they're like permanent boosts, but they're very small. Uh so like, you know, plus five to your health or something like that. So very minuscule. Yeah. Um but that's that's the thing It's just that I I'm 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 kind of cautious about what they're going to do with this dlc only because like people have been so dedicated to this game i myself have been playing it off and on since it came out of course yeah i mean i'm like you've been playing it
1: it seems like every time playing it a little bit every time yeah. we talk anyway
0: I'm up to like level 250 at this point and so Is there like um, a
1: is there like a level cap or is it just kind of keep going?
0: I think it's like 750 or something like that. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I just know that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got I, I know people that are like level 360 or 370, but they just they um they just carry around their uh, they're in with them wherever they go. But apparently the newest patch added like a, a bank item where you can like put all of your experience points inside of this item and just hold it. And so you don't have to worry about losing it. Yeah. Because if you die twice, you lose all of it. It's like Dark Souls. You lose. Yeah.
1: You twice, it lose seems it. like a lot of games have that kind of, you know, that sort of failsafe where like you can buy gold or something where it's just kind of like you store it somewhere and you can kind of keep it just in case. So, yeah. yeah. So, kind of like um,
0: that yeah so the new dlc defiant honor it has like new missions new submissions new armor sets magic items new guardian spirits uh so one of it's like a horse and there's new yokai which are the enemies uh the the demon enemies and so yeah that's supposed to be out at the end of the month and it's going to be 9.99 uh unless you have the season pass which obviously will be free and so i'm very interested in it i kind of i really enjoyed the story bits of the first game but they it wasn't a lot to it it's it was kind of state it was kind of bare bones uh not the missions the side missions weren't that interesting at all it was still like bring back the old enemies so you can find them again and there was only like a couple story missions and they weren't even that hard at least for someone like me which is totally different but they did say like with this new dlc they put a lot of work into it and so I'm, i'm curious to see what that really means they said they put like a lot of effort into it so um i'll definitely be sharing information about that game when we get when it comes out so Stay tuned to our Twitter, I guess. But outside of that, I did take advantage of all the.
1: Uh, the Prime uh, deal.
0: Yeah, the Prime Day uh, uh, price mistakes price, that were made. Yeah. So I got. I've actually. I'm, I'm probably going to play them eventually. But yeah, I got, like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 and Kingdom Hearts 2.8, Dragon Quest Builders, Crash Bandicoot I, Remastered. I wanted
1: to get. The only thing I really wanted to get that I didn't already own was World of Final Fantasy.
0: Yeah, I missed out and on it. And then
1: events. I missed out on it. Like. It, it was like thirteen dollars and now it just back up to like thirty five or whatever it was. It was like, eh. Yeah.
0: So the yeah, the Kingdom Hearts games they're like thirteen bucks a piece. I grabbed the limited yeah. edition, Kingdom Hearts two point eight, that was thirteen. Draghost Builders mm-hmm. was ten, Crash was six dollars. Yep. And that was like the three game trilogy remastered that came out just like recently. There was even like this point when that everybody's golf game that's supposed to be out at the end of August, that had a price glitch on it, so you can pick that up for the pre order for twelve bucks. Well
1: there's also like I know like Ever Oasis, which is you know, just a three D S game but just came out and you know I Get you it's 40 dollars yeah. you can get it for you, you people bought it for 13 or whatever it was yeah 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 so, so
0: that's there was a lot of games like that so but that only lasted like in minutes so yeah, people no didn't like jump on it
1: i i i got i like i put world of final fantasy in my cart like within like it was like five to ten minutes of like
0: oh that's way too i think long, it happened man. so yeah. it was just like
1: you, yeah you you had it was a very small window you had to be online and ready to get these things so no, yeah, oh yeah. well I, I still have plenty of games to play still bummed though
0: that's yeah, know. I i am with you. That's World of Final Fantasy one of those games that I've been dying to play for. A long like time, I just had,
1: but... I just didn't have time to play it last year, and it's like you know what, you know, it's I heard it's kind of good for what it is, and you know I'm interested, and like ah, well now I'll just wait some more. See, I guess. you
0: and me are in the kind of the exact same position where it's like we're focused on these games that came out like in 2016 and prior, but then we have got Game of the Year stuff coming up, and we've barely played yeah, much of like, like this new I haven't new stuff. played
1: Nier. I haven't no. played Persona, I haven't played Zelda, so it's like I should probably play some of these because. When it comes time to like pick game of the year, I need to contribute. So.
0: Yeah, last year was kind of iffy because of that very reason. So
1: yeah, well, I we think, should play. I, I think last year was also kind of iffy just because there were no standouts really. Not as many. Yeah. Think,
0: as compared to. I, the I remember
1: we struggled on like which console game would get it. We're like, well, Final Fantasy 15 is not terrible, maybe, but it's not mm-hmm. great. You know, we were just so. Uh, It it, it didn't compare to this year, where there seems to be a lot more great games, reportedly, because I haven't actually played any of them to know for myself, if I actually think they're
0: great. I mean, mean, for me, it's that... Oh, and actually, I didn't mention that, you know, when I was playing Neo, it just made me think that I really should go back and play the Souls games. Because you were talking about reviewing Dungeon Crawlers and Want to play Itron Odyssey. It's like, I got the feeling like I'd be pretty good at the Dark Souls. I've only beaten Dark Souls 2, so I figured I should probably play the rest of them. But, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe we'll get... Word about a Dark Demon Souls remastered, maybe a TGS in a, in a couple months, but like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, mean, I do wonder what
1: From Software is doing you now.
0: They did say they had like three games they were working on. Yeah. Wasn't like one of the games supposed to be like a VR game, and I'm one too. was like a whole <laughs> new project. So, yeah, so I think I
1: think they said that it's not. They're not doing Souls now. They could obviously it's... do something that's uh, very similar to Souls, but it's not Souls. Well, wasn't <laughs> it? Know, they're, like, they're done with that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it was the le- apparently it was like. uh a new armored core game, right? That was one of the I things that people thought.
1: They haven't done an armored core in a while, so maybe. <laughs>
0: I mean, it came out like an interview that they they kind of said that they. Oh, I, th- I think they did say yeah, they're yeah.
1: they're going to make one. I don't know if that meant like eventually or if they're actually in the planning stages, but.
0: I guess we'll have to find out. So yeah, well, with that then, um outside of outside of Neo, yeah, it's I'm just kind of preparing myself for the DLC, but I like I mentioned last week I might eventually get to Valhalla but we'll see. So let's get into news because we still have some stuff to talk about there. So as I was kind of addressing at the top of the of the podcast that um we did this podcast we started recording it shortly after Square Enix uh came out on stage during the uh, the D23 event uh specifically tetsuya Nomura uh director of Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and revealed a new video uh Actually, a new world for the game, and we so, have finally
1: reached Toy Story graphics.
0: Yes, literally, is, oh, super impressive. I don't know about you, but man, that game, that that new footage it, uh, blew me away.
1: Like, if you if you like took screenshots of that Toy Story world trailer and like ones where Sora and Goofy and Donald weren't in it, like I wouldn't be sure. Like, if you told me this is from one of the Toy Story movies, I'd probably believe you. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I've seen Toy Story three once but like i don't remember it well enough to like remember what every scene in it is so like if you were to tell me like oh yeah here's a screenshot from toy story Story 3 and i probably would believe you so yeah toy story is the new world um this so the announced worlds so far are tangled that was the very first one they showed even Mm -hmm. though they haven't showed like a lot of it but tangled is in there um the olympus coliseum which is hercules world is back again um (laughs) no figure yeah, they showed, uh,
0: the, they showed some of them. They showed some of Yeah, trailer.
1: a lot of the, There's, there's some, the, the E3 trailer showed a lot of combat in that area. Yeah, um, and then it showed like Hades and whatnot too. So you know that's in there. Um, they they announced the Big Hero Six world a long time ago, but I don't think they've actually shown it yet. No. Like they, they announced that before Toy Story, and we we saw plenty of Toy Story footage. But we, the Big Hero Six world they announced they actually haven't even really shown. They just showed like a key art, and that was it. And now it's the Toy Story is the fourth one. So. So it looks really nice. Uh, I know some people aren't so sure on like, so Donald Sora and goofy, um, are kind of stylized to look like, I, I don't know what it is exactly. They're kind of like a, some sort of like Lego or blocky or wood block type of toy. It's like wood toys. Um,
0: yeah. Wooden toys like Woody. He's supposed yeah, to look kind of like Woody.
1: Yeah. So I know some people are like, why do they look like that? Like, well, you know, it's just kind of a stylistic toy thing. They could, there's any number of ways that could have gone with toy Sora. So that's what they went with. um, and so it looks really cool. Um it it, it, it and this is kinda obvious, but it, like the combat looks kinda like a souped up version of Kingdom Hearts two with a lot more like combination attacks. They showed a couple of those or like keyblade transformation attacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's one where like in the trailer today, like he gets like a keyblade thing that looks like almost like a mallet, um, kind of just bonking things around with this like yeah. giant mallet thing smashing the
0: ground like leaving a big crater yeah yeah,
1: so it's it's a very colorful game um one small thing in the trailers they showed now these ui elements are probably temporary or you know fake for now or whatever but they showed that like you have sora donald goofy buzz and woody kind of as like a party all at once um which is you know a little bit different than being limited to three as you were in previous games. Yeah, uh,
0: that was a big thing. I, I remember people like kind of addressing that. It's yeah, like, they, they saw is it they just saw that it just because it's? I'm sorry. Is it just because it's like uh, Woody and Buzz, or is it that that permanently we're going to have up to four party members with Sora? Yeah, who
1: knows? There were a couple of places in the other games where, like, for example, in the in the in the Olympus Coliseum world, where like Hercules would help out in like a boss fight or two, but he. Was kind of like a tertiary party, you know. It's kind of like a fourth party member, if you will. Um, so they've done that before, but like, who knows what they do? What they'll do with like the extra Disney party member characters now? Um, and they also announced that it's coming out in two thousand eighteen. I don't know if I believe them. But that's what they said.
0: <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's that's. It looked it looked pretty incredible from the footage, but yeah, they've got like the yeah, the hammer and the drill, and then yeah. you saw the different characters. I'm just personally very happy to see that because uh, Toy Story was one of the first movies I saw as a kid, and I saw it in theaters. And so seeing them again in that type of area was really exciting. I mean, this is before, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the new Toy Story movie's supposed to be out sometime in 2018, or maybe it was 2019. 2019, yeah, because yeah, Incredibles 2 is out next year. But it's especially because
1: like the Kingdom Hearts games, I don't think have done any Pixar yet. Am I right No, on that? this is
0: the first one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, if they were to add a Pixar st- world, Toy Story is that's got to be it. Yeah. So it's, it's not
0: like Cars would be like a bunch of walking cars. Like Cars, car, like,
1: like <laughs> what? Cars, do- Monsters Inc. Nah, like Incredibles would maybe be cool, but Monsters like Inc. you got to go Toy Story. Yeah. So like for that, you know, it's it's got three movies, almost four, so it's definitely relevant. Um, it's not just some. It's not just some random selection. So it, it that makes a lot of sense. It it's kind of unique in that you have like these toy Sora and Goofy and whatever. And so it's it's cool. Now, whether or not this game actually comes out in two thousand eighteen, who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us.
0: I honestly like uh, I, I'm I'm assuming that's why they haven't announced the month. I mean, I personally do see it coming out next year. I don't know if <laughs> I mean that's like a kind of a silly thing, but like it seems like they've gone all hands on deck with that as opposed to Final Fantasy VII Remake, which seems like yeah. that's going to be sometime in 2019. And so that seemed far less likely to be showing out in 2018. When someone said maybe Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see Especially
1: now that they've shown two substantial trailers, like basically in two months. You know, they showed the E3 trailer last month and then the Toy yeah. Story stuff this month. It's like, okay, that's a that's a substantial amount of footage that we've seen now, like this year. It it had been a while before then since we've seen much, so it's at least we know they're making some progress. I I mean, Kingdom
0: Hearts three was announced when Final Fantasy versus became Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, that that was more than four
1: years ago. So it's been, it's yeah, we're we're due. So
0: yeah, I I can totally see it happening, especially because Kingdom Hearts is more relevant to them. It's more popular, and so they have a lot. They have a more vested interest, especially with Disney. I'm sure trying to push it. So
1: yeah, and Kingdom Hearts also it kind of. uh, it, it 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 breaches like the the niche Japanese RPG audience. Like I mean, Final Fantasy already does, um, but like Kingdom Hearts and Disney. Like I mean, just kind of speaking anecdotally on our on our Twitter feed, we get always get so much like response for anything Kingdom Hearts, more so than a lot of other franchises, even big ones. Like it's that Disney pull, man. It's it's a big game.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see more of that. Uh, they did say they'll have more worlds to announce by the end of the year, so maybe we'll yeah. see something else at TGS, but
1: TGS or PlayStation Experience or something, or yeah,
0: yeah, drip free to content when you're like waiting for some big worlds. I think like everyone I, assumed would uh, I mean, be what Go I ahead.
1: think the last world they announced, Big Hero Six, which I still haven't shown, really was like the end of 2015. So yes, really drip free I think they announced officially Olympus Coliseum since then, but like. Who cares about that one at this no, point?
0: That's, if it's going to be like a return to old world worlds. And we should also point out that they also said that the new Toy Story world would have its own original story. It's not yeah, tied it's not, to any of the movies. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think Which that's is
1: cool. probably good. You, when they usually try to tie it to the movie, it's like like a watered-down version of the movie, and it's just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, that's kind
0: of what the other Kingdom Hearts games did, is that they yeah. tried to tie it into the events of the movie itself or something like that. So, yeah. And sometimes it
1: works, but most of the time it's just kind of like... It, no, it never, uh, it never really worked,
0: actually. I don't think it ever did, honestly. I mean, uh, I,
1: I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking, uh, like the Mulan world. It's just kind of like this really watered-down version of Mulan inserting Sora into it. And it's like, eh. It like, I remember this part from the movie. It's, I guess. <laughs> Anyways...
0: It bummed me out because, yeah, uh, the <laughs> Mulan movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I would hope that they did more. So, yeah. That's that's kind of the big news that they had. They also played around with some toy soldiers with army soldiers, and it was kind of awkward. But... And Nomura
1: didn't seem like he expected that one. <laughs> he
0: just got no, the... he kind of if you watch if you watch the video when they were trying to say everything like tell everyone to say goodbye, he kind of hid behind the crowd like on stage. He just kind of went on his own, <laughs> and so it's clear he felt uncomfortable at some point uh, <laughs> being up there, uh, which is not too surprising, surprising considering how. Uh, he's typically by himself, and you only usually see him through video messages. So, I'm not mm-hmm. too shocked about that. It seemed like he didn't know what was going on when they started dancing. The toys. That's, that's, kind of, that's what I meant. Like
1: he didn't seem like he was expecting it the first time. They kind of came out twice. Like
0: yeah, the army men were bugging him. I think at some point, but yeah. Uh. So outside of that, with the Kingdom Hearts 3 tour store reveal, um, we already talked about the Neo DLC. Another thing that was announced. So last night uh, in Western. In the, in the western world it was obviously in the middle of the day in japan uh nippon Ichi held their 25th anniversary stream uh and they talked about a, a few different things that they were going to be doing uh like one of it was like they announced a new tabletop game that they have in development but mm-hmm. the bigger news was that makai wars which was previously a playstation 3 game that was announced this past uh in, in, the, in the most recent uh, weekly famitsu magazine that that game had been canceled, which now, I assumed it was canceled a long time ago. Uh, they announced now, let's that...
1: back up a second. So I have heard of Makai Wars, but I never really paid attention to it. Now, this was a PlayStation 3 game announced like a decade ago or something like that. Yes,
0: it was announced so, a long time ago.
1: So people just assumed that it was no longer a thing because it's been so long and, you know, they hadn't so, said anything on it. But it was it was officially canceled just recently. Yes, the, the and, weird thing
0: was is that when they when they announced that it was canceled, people were shocked. Like some people were shocked. Mike, are you kidding me? Like no one was really thinking about that game for the longest time. So, like no one was expecting it to be reannounced as a PlayStation Three game anyway. Like I didn't I didn't really get the the concern about that. Now I do get the fact that Makai Wars as is was announced now in this stream as a mobile game. Explicitly.
1: So basically, so basically it went from PlayStation Three game to a mobile game.
0: So, people were, like, assuming that it would be on PlayStation 4, I'm guessing, and on yeah. Vita and all that stuff. But, no, this is going to be uh, a mobile game. And it still stars Asagi, which is one of the best characters in Sky series. So, I'm happy to see that. Or at least the Nipponichi characters. So, wait, um
1: wait, I played the first two Disgaea's. I don't recognize her. Is she not in those? No, she's from Makai uh, Kingdom. Uh, oh, but okay. she
0: was an unlockable character in Disgaea 5. Like
1: a bonus. Okay, I, I haven't played a lot of the, the Nipponichi stuff. So, some of these are maybe, like, they're, like... Some of their crossover characters, I don't know, but
0: well, that's the thing is <laughs> that this game will have crossover characters, so characters yeah. from Disgaea and Your Demomishu, which is the uh, mobile game from Clover Lab, who is also developing the game, and it also include other characters from other ones. Like they, uh, just, you can see like there's in the shots there were some characters from Phantom Brave, so they're going to mm-hmm. have like that, and it's going to be a, still a strategy RPG game, um, and but they so they announced everything. They've got like a website and a comic and all these things. They didn't say anything about a release date so i'm guessing maybe it'll be by the end of the year because it's already looking pretty far in development um and they also besides the announcement of makai wars they also said that they would be sharing details about Sky 6 and but we'll have to wait till july 2018 which is the actual 25th anniversary of nipponichi where that'll that'll be happening so that'll put that perspective how long we'll have to wait otherwise we'll have to just continue to enjoy these um smaller experiences like the mirari game and all these ones so
1: they also announced um so this is something i was familiar with but so like the silver case is a virtual novel visual novel mm-hmm. me, yes it's um, a, yeah. virtual novel from suda 51 and that was recently released on steam and ps4 right
0: yeah, so Silver Case was a remaster of a game that came out in the '90s that uh, Suda Fifty One worked on,
1: and so. But they then they they recently announced like a new version of that plus a sequel for that. Yes. Full so, remastered or something. Uh, I don't. This is where I'm a little bit out of my element, but they, like, they announced they announced some sort of new release with the Silver Case and then like a Silver Case sequel. Yes. Um, so.
0: Yeah, so they basically they announced that not long ago that mm-hmm. uh, the sequel to the game. Um, uh which would be uh they were gonna like I think they were gonna like bundle it. So uh yeah. I think it's it's that uh I think it was called like War Twenty Five, if I'm not never... mistaken. I think that was the name of the game, is that uh they're also remaking that one as well. And so I think the idea is that they would put those two maybe together I think it's like it was like an uh, because I think this is all part of like an episodic series. That's what it was. It wasn't like an actual like you know game sequel. It's like an episodic thing. Uh So uh, they have the oh yeah. I'm sorry. It's the it's I think it's the 25th word. I'm I'm all confused. But yeah, Yeah. they'll they'll get that. Sorry to bring it up. Yeah, I I I just knew
1: they announced like some sort of bundle dual pack with that silver case novel or sequel or first chapter second chapter whatever it is. Unfortunately, it's just. I'm not it's, a one person, so, yeah, yeah. it's one of those games that I
0: wanted to play. yeah, it's one of those games that I've been meaning to play, Silver Case, because um,
1: obviously I know a lot of people know Suda Fifty One from some of his more uh, like zany actiony games, like Lollipop Chainsaw or you know Killer's oh, Dead or whatever. He's such a zany guy. So,
0: this is kind of like
1: this is kind of like a more early like Suda Fifty One type title. So who it's, knows? You know, I can see why people are interested in it.
0: I mean, for me personally, it's that Suda51, even if the gameplay isn't always great, I've played all of his games. Like, I was a big fan uh, of the game.
1: creative.
0: <laughs> but the thing with that is that, like, his story, his writing was usually pretty good. Even, like, in Lollipop Chainsaw and those games, like, the story writing was actually pretty good, even if the gameplay was kind of, you know, iffy. So that makes me think that I would kind of really enjoy uh this uh, silver case because it's only his writing but this was early so i don't know how well it holds up like obviously like anyone who's a writer gets better over time so um but from the footage i saw of that game it looked pretty fascinating It still had that crazy uh art style that his games have like this off the wall uh direction that i would be very curious to see so i think it was like it's recently was like super cheap and so i i should i'll probably pick it up and maybe we'll cover that uh, that and 25th Ward when that comes out. But yeah, that's that was kind of it. The Napanichi event was very short. It, there wasn't a lot of news outside of Makai Wars coming to mobile and that yeah that bundle. So that's all we really got out of that experience. But we've got the news about yeah. that on the site, so you guys can check that out. Uh, but moving on, something that I know you're particularly excited about, Seta, uh, Adam, excuse me. I call you Seda because that's your username. Well, but... I,
1: we also have another Adam on site, so I kind of... Yes. You know, I kind of go by my username Seda, just to distinguish us. So yeah, of course, so, so But yeah. anyways, so Xseed was Xseed does this sometimes. So Xseed Games they had a little stream for Zwei the Ilvard Res. Let me get the title Ilvard, here.
0: Ilvard is insurrection. Yes.
1: Ill yeah, it's not what it's called in Japan. It's just called Zwei Two in Japan. So that's yeah. anyways. They had a, they had a little stream for Zwei, which is a, a PC Falcom game. Meant to release sometime this summer. Although they haven't given really a date or window yet, um, so I don't know why summer. It could mean like September. But anyways, um, during this stream, they had a surprise announcement for E7 um, for Steam or PC, because XE games come out on all sorts of PC platforms. Um, so E7 is a is obviously the 70, seventh numbered East game, and it originally released on PSP back in t- 2010. Um, and it was kind of the first in the uh, the party style East games, um, where rather than having like a solo at all, you have a you have party members that you can kind of switch between as well. It's still very much an action RPG, and this is the same style that Ys uh, Memories of Celceta had, and also Ys Eight have. Um, but Ys Seven um, was released on PSP, and it got a PC port in China several years ago now. So it it was always kind of on the back of people's mind. Like, you know what? This would be cool if it came to PC because it kind of already did, at least in some places. Um, And so XSEED has obviously been pushing PC a lot recently. And then they just kind of had a surprise announcement that they are bringing E7 to PC. And sometime this summer, so pretty soon. I guess I should say they aren't bringing it. They contracted someone to do the port for them, which is pretty common. Yeah. Um, I, I think is, some know, some things they do on their own like the uh like the Trails games um they basically do a lot of that you know in house um not not Trails of Cold Steel but Trails in the Sky games excuse me but this is something that they contracted out so it's a brand new PC port um it runs they they said on the stream that it runs at 60 frames per second as it should for an action RPG like this they said while they're at it they're going to tune up the localization a bit um because they can so why not and obviously it'll run at higher resolutions and things. Um, so, and it'll be out soon. So it's kind of a cool surprise announcement for those of you who missed it on PSP. Um, it's a really, uh, it's, I know some people don't like the, the, the party system e titles, no matter what you do to them, but it's, I think it's a pretty good game. So it's definitely worth checking out, uh, especially with e 8 around the corner. It's, it, it can't ever have enough of those games on, on a, on an easy to play platform like steam. It's probably not going to be very, uh, Resource intensive, so you don't need a super box to play it. I assume. So it's, it's, it's it, that's that's a cool announcement from them. So. Yeah,
0: I totally, I totally think so. And yeah, I think they said even when they streamed it that it was pretty much done, and they just needed yeah. to do a little bit more tightening up on it. So they'll be about fit to release it. No, uh, yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to play E7, so this will be my first time really playing this game. Uh, I reviewed East Memories of Celceta, so that was kind of like my first yeah Uh, outside of like you know chosen sky like these games that was my first review of an east game was salsetta so i'll be very interested in playing this i know you got to play this yourself so
1: yeah a a couple summers ago like salsetta was also my first east game and then a couple summers ago i kind of decided let me just play through the rest because a lot of them are available on steam actually most of them are now except most of the translated ones there's a lot of untranslated ones that are not um actually i think now with e7 coming to steam the only translated east games that are not on steam are the original version of three what's that one called again Um, Uh, wanderers of east yes wanderers of east which is on super nintendo right yes originally yes and then memories of salsada which is vita now that one didn't that also get a pc release in china i think it did a joyland port let me check real quick The, the wanderers of east no, For, I'm sorry. Of I think it
0: was Founders from you. So I keep saying that wrong. Oh, Salsette, yes. Uh, Joyland released it in China.
1: That's also now, especially with E7 coming to PC. That's also like, well, maybe they can do Salsette next, and I don't see why not. Um, I'm sure they get bugged
0: about that a lot.
1: <laughs> so I think it's a really cool small announcement. Um, it's a fun little game, and you know there are now there there, there are already quite a few games on on Steam. Now there's just going to be a few more at the end of the year. There's going to be two more East games on Steam, so lots to choose from there.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that at least it seems XC's got like a big market there. Clearly, with uh, Trails of Cold Steel coming out next, I, in, it might XC, be in August.
1: The, uh, this is one thing I really appreciate XC doing. Like, like late last year, they brought uh, they, they brought Zenity next. I mean, Xanadu next was always a PC game, but you know, even though it was a very 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 late, you know, English localization. They released it on 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 Steam and PC, and I think it's a fantastic game. Obviously, the Trails and Trails in the Sky games are PC games, and they're they late localizations as well. But a lot, of, obviously, people are very very fond of those. And they just released Trails in the Sky, the third uh, not the third chapter, but the third. Um, and then they have Trails of Cold Seal coming to PC. They have they have Zwei, which is another late localization. They're kind of working through that backlog. Um, E seven, they obviously already translated, but they're bringing that to Steam, so it's, I, 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 I you know, I, I, I like them, I appreciate that they're doing this, you know. Absolutely,
0: it's, and and just so people know that um, we're currently working on an interview with President Kondo of Neon Falcon, and so hopefully we'll have something to show mm-hmm. with that soon. But I did ask some questions regarding that kind of stuff, so we'll get some further insight into that experience for him. Um, like, for, like
1: him. for example, now that the Trails in the Sky series is finished. The next game is uh, I forget if it's zero or owl. I forget which is four and which is five. Mm. But those games are not PC games. I think they're originally PSP games. But yes. you bet that obviously they're not going to localize a PSP game. They're they're going to bring those to PC if they do. And no, so,
0: they already yeah made it pretty clear with the yeah, theory that they're not going to do that anymore. So.
1: It's the type of thing where like, even though those games are kind of old now by, you know, by Japanese, you know, standards, those released a long time ago, they'd be brand new to us. So I think that's something that XSEED is definitely going to consider um, now that they're done with Trails in the Sky. So I was, don't
0: think they've just considered it. I think they've been fighting really hard to get it, actually. Yeah. That's that's all the... From everything I've heard from XSEED and from Brittany, who works at XSEED, they're really trying hard to get it. I kind of feel like, though, Nice America's America, is trying to muscle their way in uh, to take care of that themselves. Personally, we'll what,
1: I think, what I, I think... I know you personally would, don't
0: want it, but yeah. No,
1: personally, what. what I think would make the most sense is like it makes... Falcom is obviously, and we've talked about this before, is kind of like distributing their their licenses to different localizers. Obviously, Access Games has... Uh, Tokyo Tokyo's Anadu and Nisa has now the East eight. Um, I think it kind of would maybe make sense if like the trail series stays with Xeed and then maybe kind of these their other releases from Falcom can maybe be spread out, you know, to the other localizers. I don't know. I just I feel like it'd be kind of weird if like another Person jumped onto like such a long storied game that are so interconnected so interconnected much more so than what Ease is but it's all a business in the end so we'll see that's that's how it all that, shakes
0: up <laughs> that's my opinion is that in the end of the day they just want the the license itself like they'll, they'll take it over from here like i bet nice america's fighting really hard to get like al and zero and cold steel three like they're fighting really hard to get those things they i don't think they i don't think they care they couldn't care less about who did it previously as long as they get the piece of the pie so especially mm-hmm. if it means getting on balcom's good side and helping their future releases because it's clearly they're getting very close to when they're coming out in japan and then coming out in, in the west so mm-hmm. uh that's i'm sure they see that as a big market especially because i'm sure that they've been doing very well on pc so yeah I guess we'll find out and then moving on to more news that we've got here because we still got a few more pieces left uh fire emblem warriors they announced that kind of what we already expected that Fire Emblem Awakening and Fates characters would be seen in the game, right?
1: Yeah, so when Fire Emblem Warriors was first announced, I believe they basically just showed, like, they showed, uh, I believe, like, Marth and Crom. So we already knew, like, there's some Awakening characters, and obviously Marth is going to be there, duh. Um, but basically they revealed that other Awakening characters are Alyssa, Crom's uh, sister, um, there's Frederick and there's Robin, the main character of Awakening. Well, the player character anyway. And then they also announced from Fire Emblem Fates, there's going to be Corrin, the female Corrin. Um, can be either gender in that game, but the female version is, is the more popular version. It makes sense here. And then uh, Rioma and Xander, who are basically the, the two heads of households in that game. So nothing really uh, unexpected in terms of character choice here. And I believe they basically said that these three games the original fire emblem awakening and fate are going to be the ones that are most represented yes in, in warriors uh so it's a little bit safe you're not going to find it a lot you're not going to find really many oddball picks in there um but it's disappointing but you know sure. it's expected as well like I, I would love to see a character like a uh, frame from sacred stones in there you know just wheeling and dealing with his lance but <laughs> yeah it's clear that they're going for the more sword-based. Yeah, they're going for the. They're too. going for definitely like obviously Marth, and then like the more recent you know fans you know fans who are, who jumped in with the 3DS titles, people that they're going to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I'm not really a big fan of these uh, Warriors or Muzo games, but I think Fire Emblem. They they did it with with uh, they already did it with a uh, Hyrule Warriors, and honestly, Fire Emblem probably fits a little bit better than than Zelda does anyways. So. It's, yeah, I think yeah. it, it's a, it'll it be a cool little fan service game for people who uh, can't get enough fire on them.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is kind of the game, it's always meant to be about fan service. And that's the thing, like you look at the other um, Musuta-style games and they were deep into the fan service, like these really inside baseball kind of stuff with the characters and the references and stuff like that. So even if they may not have the characters themselves, I'm assuming they'll have like enemies from those games. Yeah, or like that. yeah probably. Yeah. The roster would be substantial. Oh, they're announced DLC where those characters will show up. So yeah, we'll see. I can't
1: yeah. believe I can't believe that's also coming to 3ds. Like, yeah, isn't that weird? Like, who knows balance? I don't. It. I don't mind handheld games, but the 3ds especially is kind of getting up there in age. And like a Warriors game, I don't know. Just <laughs> I think there was like a recent interview,
0: if I'm not mistaken, where it was like uh, they talked about how they thought about making 3ds games, but then all the focus in japan and elsewhere is always about the switch as a hybrid system and so yeah. there's less and less uh motivation from developers to make games for the 3DS anymore especially Even especially if- when you have
1: especially when you have like mobile market right there it's like we can either make it for switch or mobile or 3DS you know it's like <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, we were just talking about Makai Wars, but like, so. yeah, that's—I don't really see it uh, being that big a deal much longer. Even if Nintendo wants to say otherwise, it's like they're. I, th- th- I the think the
1: 3DS has amassed a pretty, pretty decent library, but it's also like, what, like six years old or going to be six years old soon. So that's yes. that's pretty ancient for. Uh, especially, 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 especially considering the 3DS wasn't really top of the line when it came out. So. <laughs>
0: No, and there's very few exclusive new 3DS yeah. games, so like, what's the point? I mean, obviously it's it's great, but then Switch does everything that they would want it to do with more power, so I don't see them ever really focusing too much further on that. We've got some games coming out in 2018 for that system, but I think third parties have moved on for the most part to the Switch because they find it as a new market. Except Atlas. A lot of excitement <laughs> around that. Even, even Atlas has got, you know switch games announced even if it's two game, two different ports like they've got like that upcoming Shimagami tensei game so i guess we'll find out mm-hmm. so yeah and so moving on to the last piece of news and the last couple pieces of news we've got um yeah they so one of the games that was announced speaking of mobile uh eglia legend of the red cap was announced for the west now this is a game that was previously released uh in japan a few months ago actually i think it was like around february or march no i'm sorry it was april um so they've got the character designer of the Mana series, along with the executive producer of games like, uh, excuse me, the producer of games like Ransom Saga 3. They're behind this game. And so you've got that. And then you've yeah, also I mean, got Yoko Shimomura, who obviously is the composer for like Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts. They're well, all well, working on, I'm sorry?
1: I don't. I don't think this is supposed to be a... Sp- like well is it supposed to be like a spiritual successor no. to mana no. it just looks like it, it, it it's like you art. look at it and you hear the yoko shimaru music and it's hard not to think of like legend of mana or something so, yeah so, so let me just let me
0: just back this up a little bit no this has nothing at all to do with mana whatsoever. it just looks like it yeah it's, it's because it's the art artist Yeah. Right. so he's obviously he's got that star and he's and all of his games have got this style to it so clearly he's trying to not to be kind of sleazy about it, he's really banking on the people that are comfortable with the mono series to come play his game. Yeah. But so you've got all this, and to be and to also clear things up as well, because I mentioned this in the article that this was a paid app in Japan, so it's not a free to play mobile uh, mobile game or anything like that. It's not. It's basically it a have premium a gacha game, system. like you buy yes. it and you own
1: it. There's no and. It's not like gotcha or free to play or anything like that. So No, it's 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 a collaboration
0: between Power Court Studio, which is a DMM studio, and Brownies. Uh they are making this game, it just so happens to be on a mobile platform. And so um yeah, it's it's an exciting thing, and I heard good things about it. It's got it's got like a weird style where it's like you've got like this style with it, but it's also a turn based strategy game. Like with um it's kinda of like Civilization where it's got like those I forget what they call like the little spots that you could move around the map uh like a little <laughs> hexagon i don't mean but but the well, real-time he- strategy i don't know it, yeah it's, it's it's like a hexagonal uh shapes that you move from space to space uh attacking enemies as you come across them that kind of thing so it's it's kind of an interesting approach to it and you also spend the time uh you know building your town uh summoning spirits which i assume will kind of be leaning into like the monospirits <laughs> go figure um and you know f- uh meeting other races of 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 people and just being able to experience all of that and so this game is supposed to be out next month in august and so i'm very interested in playing this and actually had somebody else i one of my friends who's in the industry who understands japanese she downloaded this game and played it and was having a really good time with it uh and she's a big (laughs) mana series fan so that's got me excited about it
1: Mm-hmm. So Localized by 8.4 too And they have a pretty decent track record so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, good point uh, It's not
1: going to be Hopefully not like some other mobile games That kind of get like bare bones Translations or whatever um, It seems like it'll probably be It's in the hands of good people anyway Yeah,
0: so. that's that's the good point So it's it seems like there's a lot of effort Being brought mm-hmm. into the localization So yeah, that'll be out uh, Like I said, next month uh, They haven't released a price But in Japan it was like 15 bucks So I'm sure it'll be like Kind of that same price tag in here um, but we'll find out more as we get closer to that. Um, they kind of bill it as like high development pedigree, high production value, deep gameplay and classic RPG style. So I guess we'll find out. And last piece of news, uh, the Bandai Namco announced that Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom will be delayed from November 10th to January 19th, which just so happens to be the same week that the game Uh, Ninokuni Wrath of the White Witch uh, would be celebrating its fifth anniversary so it's five years almost to the day that it was released in America it'll be out here as well so um, there was a message from Akihiro Hino the CEO of Level 5 and the director of uh, Ninokuni 2 just saying that you know we needed some more time to develop it which you know based on Andrea's and my experience with Playing the game and Josh, I'm sure uh, they could have used a little more time. Yeah, I, also, sorry.
1: I heard I heard like people who played the E3 demo. I mean, I I, I don't want to be too critical, but I heard some people had some you know they're they're pretty uh, they weren't they were not very happy with the E3 demo like or at least they were confused or they just kind of seemed a little bit worried about like how it was playing and so obviously you can't fix everything you know in three months if it's like a if it's like a major design point of the game. But it seems like they, uh, anyways, what I'm getting at is it seems like there was some cr- critical feedback from the E3 demo that maybe it looks like they're taking some into consideration here. And now, did I get this right? They they, they were planning on doing like a multiplayer element and now they're just totally stripping that completely?
0: No, you're, you've got it kind of backwards here. So okay. the problem is is that when there was an E3 interview Ben and Namco had with uh, Kihiro Hino where he was asked a question about multiplayer and they uh he, it was misunderstood where he thought he was just given a general opinion about multiplayer in games uh in general, but people took it as this was gonna be a, was going to be a multiplayer feature in Ninokuni two, which it wasn't the case at all. It was okay, never that, that have, makes sense. Yeah, it was like, never what would it even have, be? So. Yeah, it was never gonna have multiplayer content at all. It's gonna be just a single player game. So no uh no town building or anything like that, sadly. Uh but yeah, so that's the thing is that the thing with the the demo was more like and i talked about this last week as well it was like the boss fight that they had in the game in the demo was uh, a sponge and so we took a lot of damage and it just felt like you weren't really getting hurt at all so it took like forever just to take it down it it was more it it was more of a test
1: of just you know patience and attrition rather than being like actually like challenging so
0: but i don't know like it wasn't really that fun. I don't know if like two months will really make a big difference in that case. Because, uh, yeah, like it's got a lot to do with the core gameplay, not so much yeah. like the, the like, good bugs and glitches.
1: Right. And that's the thing. Like they had, um, they have like these little, uh, Higgledies that are, you know, they, they kind of work like Pikmin both in and out of combat, you know, in terms of, well, I guess more so Pikmin out of combat in terms of like traversing new areas or interacting on the world map. And then like in combat, they kind of do these various things that you can kind of, work alongside in terms of new like having your character do certain abilities and things like that and i know some people who played the e3 demo weren't so fond of it that's not that's no. something you know that's built that's into the game now that's not going to change it's so. not
0: yeah it's not that <laughs> fun especially because all it is is like you're running around a, a like a circle arena and you have to like there's like these hot spots on the area yeah, like, that like if the
1: blue ones like are like circle make a circle you can like do something with it you and, run over to them and you yeah.
0: stand in the circle for a few seconds and then they do something it's really yeah. kind of it it's already kind of disappointing. But like for me, I really enjoy Nidakuni one's story, and so as long as that's good, I, I'm hopeful and the music yeah. sounded great. So that's that's I think that's enough for me to at least appreciate the gameplay, uh, even if um I might be distracted and, by it.
1: And it gives me more time to play the other games that already came out this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And lighten up the back
1: half a little bit, just enough maybe I can finish up one of these or first half two thousand seventeen games.
0: Yeah, I mean behind <laughs> and for and you know it's uh it makes me hope that they do eventually release Nino Kuni 1 on PC even if the second one's coming out like right now you can do that right now with PlayStation Now because Nino Kuni is all, is on PlayStation Now I just would rather have obviously have it buy once and own it and not have to deal with that whole service yeah. so that's about it for the news then um yeah there was all just a lot to talk about uh considering we didn't have a very active week until the very end of it uh so i'll just let you guys know where you can find us as always you can find us on rpgsite.net we've got a bunch of final fantasy 12 guides that you can check out a ton of them uh that adam and uh, alex both worked on and so that's there's a lot of great details on that a lot of great tips that you can check out um and of course your review for final fantasy 12 the zodiac age is up on the site too uh we also got um a lot of content planned for the site. uh, So people should really look out for that. Also, you can find us on Twitter at RPG site. You can also find us on facebook.com slash RPG site net on youtube.com slash RPG site net on. You can always look for us on iTunes. Just search for TetraCast. There was an issue with the last week's podcast where I messed up on the date. And so the episode did not get up on that until like just the other day. So I do apologize for that. We should be able to find it and download it now. You can also uh, check us out on Discord. Our permanent link is such RPG site. Uh, we've always got a lot of active community. A lot of people are excited about the recent news about Kingdom Hearts 3, as you can imagine, with the drip feed we discussed. And lastly, we'd like to talk about where you can find us on Twitter. So, where can they find you, Adam?
1: Uh, K I N G underscore S E D A.
0: Great. And you can always find me at Zach Reese. So,. That's Much it. simpler than mine. <laughs> yes, we talked about this. It's really complicated. I keep it simple. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it for this July 15, 2017 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, Adam, for being a part of this. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. Uh, catch us next week for another episode. Bye, everyone.